Did you deal with a Christian narcissist or a Christian abuser or someone that used religion to be able to mask the abusive natures that they did to you on a day-to-day -day basis? Have you ever encountered individuals who would use religion as a tool to be able to control and manipulate other people? What does it mean to be a Christian abuser and how does their behavior differ from that of other abusers? And join me today as we delve into the complex topic of Christian abuser, exploring their tactics, the, con the concept of sexual coercion, and debunking the notion of Christian abusers that they're somehow different than other abusers. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness of narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARC app, and your guide in the 7-Day Challenge called Escape Toxicity, the 7-Day Challenge to Healing. It's our way to be able to help first give you the first step in moving forward in that healing process of understanding narcissistic abuse, reactive abuse, the guilt of being with a narcissist, and ultimately helping you step forward in dealing with the triggers and the story that you're telling yourself in that toxic situation. You can access that at escapetoxicity.com today, or if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, you can go to rawmotivations.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So when we talk about this aspect of Christianity and religion and abuse, it oftentimes gets mixed all together and muddled together. So to give you an overview of like where I'm coming from, I'm a Christian. Okay, so understanding like, hey, he has a perspective that is coming from inside where a lot of people view this aspect of like Christian abuse. And you might be surprised when we get to the third point of what I actually think about it and where we're actually going with this. Okay, so I want to shed light on Christian abuse and the harmful tactics. Okay, defining it, looking at like what it actually is and how a lot of times people use religion to try to control, to manipulate, to be able to force people to do things that aren't even don't even match up even in like religion okay by helping you just understand like awareness of this like this is a piece that a lot of people do not realize is even a thing and a lot of people that are inside christianity don't even realize that it's happening inside as well okay so the first aspect that i want you to understand is misusing religion for control now, I'm not just talking about like a pastor or a priest, like misusing that for control, but I'm also talking about your partner. I'm talking about how he actually shows up in the relationship telling you like you need to do X, Y, and Z because of this. Christian abusers oftentimes employ religious teachings and beliefs as a means of exerting power and control over you. So like you don't like this, well, you're supposed to submit because it says you're supposed to submit over here. You're supposed to respect me because it says respect me over here leaving a lot of other pieces out of context where they're actually supposed to love you, but they're not actually showing love. Oftentimes they're going to exploit authority as far as like within the religious realm of like, I have authority over you. I'm more important than you. I'm better than you. This is not just a, a man versus woman thing, but a lot of times you will see that, you know, where it says like, oh, see, it says here, like I'm the stronger version. You're supposed to submit to me. You're supposed to bow down versus like this mutual respect of both people working together. Oftentimes you don't see that in religious organizations. You don't see that in Christianity. Instead, you only see one person that's like lording it over. Like you're my servant, you're my slave, you're just the housewife. And it's not really an effective way of, of working together to be able to move forward in a healthy environment. So a lot of times you'll see narcissists that will exploit their authority. 
Like, let me do what I want to do, but put it in a religious context to manipulate you in accepting it and to giving into it. Now, you'll see this a lot of times going back and forth, but then you also see in a very hypocritical way where you'll see the narcissist that does one thing, but then holds you accountable for that same thing that you do, but uses it in a religious context of like, I can't believe you sinned in that way. I can't believe you did that. Well, you're like, you just cheated. Yeah, but I can't believe you sinned by disrespecting me. Like sometimes like like a crazy like parallel, but like you'll see this happen where narcissists will, will accuse you of something or try to hold you accountable for something, but they're not holding themselves accountable. So exploiting this authority by using the religious context to manipulate you, to shame you, to put you down, to make you feel bad about yourself. So ultimately they feel better about themselves. And the, the last aspect is just to enforce obedience. To get compliance out of you by saying, look, this is what you're supposed to do. It says right here in the good book, you got to follow this rule, which means you need to follow me, which means you need to serve me. Okay. This does not apply to people that are in toxic relationships. Like you do not have to conform to someone else's beliefs or someone else's viewpoint just because they slap a Bible verse on it. Abuse is abuse no matter what. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we move forward. Like you'll get to the place where the person will distort what they're actually doing, what they're actually reading. They'll distort the scripture. They'll distort like the Bible, like other other sacred texts. They'll distort those and use it to enforce gender roles and use it to enforce religious rituals to justify, to justify abusive behaviors. It's important for you to understand they're going to use different things to try to twist and manipulate to justify. Okay. So think, think of it this way. You might have a Christian abuser who's using selective interpretations of biblical passages to justify abusive actions. Well, it says I can do this, such as claiming that a wife should submit unquestionably to her husband's authority, even if it involves mistreatment or coercion. That's not in the Bible, but people want to be able to say it is. At the end of the day, like the Bible is talking about this mutual respect, this mutual submission one to another, not one person being like Lord over the other person, the other person submitting to them. It's not talking about that. It's talking about mutual respect. The problem is people don't want to do that. And people aren't unwilling to do that. And you shouldn't have mutual respect when one person is abusing you. So you need to be able to see like the context here. They use religious in teaching to enforce strict rules, regulations. You have to comply, which oftentimes will isolate you from other support networks. Those people aren't good for you. They're not Christian. They're not connected. Your family isn't, isn't supporting us the way they should. All these different pieces. Okay. Now this steps into the sticky subject that people don't want to talk about majority of time called understanding sexual coercion. Sexual coercion is a form of abuse characterized by manipulation and control of the person's sexuality, oftentimes involving pressure, intimidation, or deception. Oftentimes this will look in the relationship, in the marriage as marital rape. Like this is where the other person is pushing onto another person when they're saying no, but the other person is like, you are my wife. And it's dictated by the sacred text. It's dictated by the Bible. It's dictated by whatever, taking stuff out of context that you need to give me what I want. So therefore I get what I want and I'm going to take it from you no matter what, because you're supposed to submit. Okay. This is very real and very prevalent in a lot of Christianity. Okay. People that take advantage of other people under the guise of, well, we're married. So I get to do what I want with you. Wrong. Abuse is still abuse no matter what. Oftentimes this will this will push you and like pressure you, intimidate you, like put you down, put you in a place where you're like, oh, I guess this is what I have to do. 
Christians abusers exploit religious teachings about purity, about modesty, and submission to coerce victims into unwanted sexual acts, making it even more challenging for you to speak out due to religious guilt and religious shame. And so they put you in this cycle of you're like, well, I should talk about this. I should actually come clean about this. I should ask for help, but you can't do that because the religious structure that you're in already shames people for that, already puts people down. You see this happen so much with a religious organization that you're in wants people to conform versus actually have a relationship. Wants people to look a certain way versus actually being honest and real. Christian abuser, he may guilt you into engaging in sexual acts by referencing the teachings in the religion on marital duties or the consequences of denying them, oftentimes making it your fault. Like if you deny me, then I guess I need to get it from somewhere else. You're like, how does it even make sense? A lot of times it will still use that. They use religious rhetoric to convince you of that your resistance or your refusal to their unwanted sexual advances is sinful exploiting their religious beliefs and justifying their own sexual gratification without regard to you, without regard to your own consent in the process. Like this is a big piece that people do not talk about, but needs to be brought out of this happens a lot more, I believe in Christian circles because of the abuse of let me use this as an excuse to do what I want to another person. So last thing that I want to bring up, I kind of mentioned this earlier, is this idea of a Christian abuser. So for me, contrary to popular belief, Christian abusers, I don't think are in their own distinct category because I also don't think that they're Christian. Abusers that identify with Christians are, as a Christian, is still an abuser. Their actions don't align with true principles of Christianity, with true principles of how they've been grown or changed or developed. And it's important to actually separate their distorted interpretation of religion and themselves from the genuine values of love, compassion, respect taught by Christianity. The end of the day, how I, a lot of times I'll say it, is a Christian abuser does not exist. Doesn't. Okay, because a person cannot say to you, I am a Christian, meaning I've been impacted by the God of the universe and have a change and a transformed life because of that. A person cannot say that and then continue to abuse. Doesn't work that way. Bible even says, by their fruit, you shall know them. So like when someone is consistently abusing, they can't be a Christian. When someone's showing up in a healthy and loving, respectful way, they're not abusing. And you see, so when we get, when we walk through this, you need to be able to understand by the fruit of another person, you can actually know what, if what they're saying is true or not. Like if what they're saying is real or not. He's saying he's a Christian, but he's con- consistently putting you in a place of coercion. And that's not a Christian. That's not Christ-like. That's not someone who is emulating emulating what they actually believe, emulating what the religion actually teaches and preaches. See, this is the piece that I, that I hate that gets construed by societies. People that say, like, well, my narcissist was a Christian. My abuser was a Christian. Now I'm like, no, they weren't. Because if they're consistently acting that way, they were not Christ-like at all. They didn't actually have an impact with the God of the universe, but instead thought they were their own God. And as a result, they can make up their own rules, their own regulations, and do whatever they wanted. That's not a Christian abuser. That's just an abuser. That's not someone who actually cares about you. That's just someone who's very entitled about themselves, thinks that they're the center of the universe, and that's it. If this resonated with you at all, one, share it with other people, and then two, leave a comment down below. If you're like, hey, I want to talk more about this. I want to dive into like, how do I actually navigate this? How do I navigate the abuse, the, the, the divorce, all the different pieces? Then please reach out for help. 
You can go to rawmotivation.com, sign up for one-on-one. We can talk about you being a good fit moving forward and working together and helping you navigate the ins and outs and the hard pieces of healing from a toxic relationship. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much for listening on the podcast or watching on the video today.